Welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. We got Bryant and Ricardo, episode 14. Type Trials should be the title. Mm-hmm. All right. And the episode is about negativity in the uh, game industry. Sometimes you get those people who say they can make games better than you, or they'll just talk trash about the game that you worked hard for like the last maybe seven years. You know, no, no big deal, right? Yeah, average day to day of anyone who works with the public, really. Yeah, pretty much everyone. Yeah. Before we before we start, I'd like to give a shout out to Ben and his team for the successful Kickstarter for the Mass for Games too. That yeah. concluded today, so start plus, seeing content uh, in the near future. Mm-hmm. Plus a thousand student no backers, and yeah. um, twenty plus thousand pounds. Yeah, I think. A lot. 15 new lifetime members also signed up for it or something. So, really? 15 or 12. So. Oh, were you on the Twitch call? Yeah, I was on the tail end of it. Nice. Was there Rick there too? No, it was just Ben. Oh, I thought Rick was joining. I think he was going to, but I, I didn't pick up the beginning of it, so. Uh, Who knows what time it is in Australia? Yeah, it's, I think it's really early when he does the calls. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know the last one, he was like, when Rick wakes up, he'll join. Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's get right into it. How do you guys handle negativity? Well, it's important, first of all, to know that most people are annoying. <laughs> so, so it really... That's the best way to address your negativity. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it's true. Yeah, you know they suck. So you have to learn to ignore people. You can't go for universal praise right that's true yeah Everything's... i think you, you, you need to be a little thick-skinned you know i i think that you know depending on even in your professional career right um negativity tends to have kind of an underlying reason so you know it's good to be a little thick-skinned but sometimes the the, the point might be valid too so you yeah. need to kind of look at what you're getting a negative response for, and then typically maybe how the negative negativity is expressed may not really be true to the underlying cause of the negativity either. So, you know, you kind of got to do a little bit of digging deeper into it to see what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you hear it a lot, if it's only one person screaming. Right. So it's important, too, as a student to not take every criticism to heart. It's going to be to help improve, to make you a better gameplay programmer or designer or anything else that you're trying to do. It's just to help, especially at the beginning. If you're a beginner, ask those questions. Even if it's not the best question, just ask them. You'll get yeah. the answer. I saw a post in the uh, Facebook where somebody was asking questions and calling Stack Overflow, like, toxic or something like that. And it was just saying that he doesn't ask good questions. And it's like, I mean, you'll learn how to ask good questions with those responses. You'll learn to be better. To You just got to be thick-skinned. It's a, it's a tough world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think I saw that post you're talking about, too. Um, I think some criticism can be a bit toxic. I think as the recipient of the criticism, you also need to kind of know when to weed through and probably ignore some of the feedback because some people just they have their internet legs and they're gonna 
be mean and insightful and so forth just because they can. And typically those exact same comments that are super negative are not super constructive either. So you just need to blow past them and find the people who are actually trying to help you with your problem. You know, especially when you're posting questions or whatnot. You know, if they're not part of the solution, they're the problem. And the same thing could probably be said for a certain amount of negativity. If they're not offering anything, just ignore it. Move on. Move on to the person who is helping you. So there's this uh, comment about how game developer uh, studios aren't trusting their audience or the their fans because of the responses they get. Where it's like you should add this level, and another group of fans are like, oh, you should add this type of design, or it's just stuff where it's like conflicted, and it's like, what should they make? And you end up making something that nobody wants, but you should just make what you wanted to make in the beginning. I think there's a certain healthy amount of feedback that can go into a product and a game specifically that can improve the quality of the game. But I mean, yes, you can't be, if you're going to provide some feedback, you got to realize there's probably a lot of things that the developers thought of that never made it to the game because they didn't add anything to the game or the mechanics just didn't work out the way people thought they would. You know, there's a lot of games out there that you can sit there and say they should have done this, this, and this. And, you know, by the time you're done implementing all those things, the games can get overly complex or overly simplified, and it totally took away from what the game was meant to be. And and really, the games that come to mind for that are... uh, I don't know if any of you guys play like any of the Paradox Interactive games, like uh, mm-hmm. Crusader Kings, Hearts of Iron, you know, those those strategy, grand strategy games. I don't want to get caught up into the inheritance of my kingdom and, and managing relations with a thousand other nobles in the game. It's just not a part of the game that I care about. It's just too micromanaged, and I'd rather just be more of a kingdom civilization for example on crusader kings mm-hmm. you know that's my personal opinion other people like having to do that but it's just like man i don't want a game that's going to take me a thousand hours to play it yeah i agree also uh games are will become outdated by the time you implement everything that everybody wants <laughs> right yeah you, know, you put everything in like well, for instance we got star wars battlefront 2 it's a game that people say should have come out later because it has no content which after playing it for a while, there's there's really not a lot of maps to the game, but the way they make the maps, I, for me, uh, it seems like it would take like a couple months to maybe, because it's just the amount of detail they put in these these maps, and then they have to do testing to make sure they get the levels balanced and everything like that. But it's like they at launch were known as like the worst game developers. They had the whole scandal, then they started having loot box debates and like, is it even right? Is it gambling and stuff like that? But now it seems like they've listened to the fans. So at this point, you can trust some of the fans, do what they want, and you end up producing the game or the game that was bad and now good and people love it. Like they have trailer that just came out like a couple months ago, got like a million plus views for a game that's been out for like two years. And people are playing it more now than ever. And it's like, it's complicated. There's a dichotomy of like who you should trust and who you shouldn't trust with this criticism. Yeah, and, and for them there's a big thing that it has canon Star Wars story. It has to fit the Disney release schedule as well. Mm-hmm. They probably have had a contract saying they should release between certain months. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So th- they couldn't just hold it back, you know? Yeah. Well, now everybody's loving it. I'm loving it. They had it like Clone Wars stuff, and they added stuff they said they will never add because they're just like, you know what you guys want, and we'll make it. Yeah, I need to buy it just for the story. So it's like $5 now. But um, it's worth it. It really is. It's so it's so cheap because people trashed on it that now it's like, it's it's so great that you can get it for like five dollars. And yeah, another game, No Man's Sky. Yeah, that game was destroyed at launch. People and apparently like, now it's good, right? Oh, yeah, now it's amazing. Apparently, and they're adding like VR stuff, so now you can do everything in VR, all for free too, free DLC, and people are loving it. So it's like, yeah. sure, you get all this negative criticism and, and you'll get people who take that and instead of being like hey you could do this to improve it like you guys are trash you guys are horrible people you should all die we're gonna kill you you suck yeah like all that stuff but then you find the good that the basically the key points that they're saying behind all that noise and then you yeah. take that you make it better and you get a game that people like yeah, that's gotta, totally like, a profession like, yeah that's there also, should you, be you can get some healthy criticism right you can get some good Good negative feedback. You can learn from something, but I mean, some of it can just not be appropriate either. Yeah, but even then, you can still some of the inappropriate stuff has some kind of reason to it. So, yeah. Somewhere in there, I don't disagree that it has a place necessarily, but I think that the players sometimes can underestimate the impact that adding something could have yeah you know where it they don't really understand or at least think they understand the mechanics of the game and throwing in a throwing for take even battlefront 2 no i haven't played it you know but i did play battlefront 1 a lot you know throwing in a different weapon could really change the game depending on what that kind of weapon is, or a different ship or something, right? Just because it changes the balance, the gameplay balance that they've already worked on. So just to implement something because you can doesn't mean that it doesn't mean you're going to have to change a lot of other things to make it work properly. Mm-hmm. I just searched for Battlefront 2, and the first video that pops up, it's called... It's actually good now. Star Wars Battlefront 2. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I'm going to have to buy it. Yeah, know. it's worth it. And then there's splurge, are nine, splurge are nine bucks. Yeah. No, and, you know, and as they, I, said, I played the first one. The first one was a good game. It didn't have a lot of content, but it came off of, you know, the uh, Battlefield series that didn't really have a lot of content either, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they just had you know ten maps, and you just kind of rotated between them, and that was the game you fought on them. But, but that was the whole concept. It was supposed to be a, a fast-paced game that kind of gave way to the modern versions of the you know battle royale style games. That's like the next generation version of these. These are much different in their design. They were never meant to be building a base or anything like that. They were just supposed to be meant to shoot back and forth, kind of a capture the flag model, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the... Uh, I think it's the first Medal of Honor on PC, Light Assault. It has six mm-hmm. maps. Yeah. And, well, only two are good. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, oh man. 
But that raises yeah. a good question. It's like, are people now just assuming that there must be content nonstop every month or? Yeah, I think people got kind yeah. of spoiled with uh, after release support overall. I would agree. They don't remember the days when games were released and they were done. That yeah. was it. Yeah. I mean, PS2 for, that was for a long time, right? I mean, the 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 steams of this world are I don't know how old Steam probably ten years, maybe a bit more I think. Bit more maybe you know, but I mean, prior to that, yeah, you're right, maybe a bit more, but maybe but not probably too much more. And prior to that, I mean, you went to the big box store and you bought your games, right? Or yeah. if you were a console player, you went to the store, you bought your game. They didn't send you updates for broken Free. mechanics in the game. Yeah, you had to buy a that, that's an called, expansion pack, right? That's or yeah, or it's called version two of the game, right? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. even that, Actually, it was like done. It was like here's a pack, boom, right. that's it. Yeah, yeah maybe you got lucky and got version two when you bought the box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now it's like yep. games are live games are constantly be updating every month for for years. And like Fallout seventy six, yeah, it's, a, it's supposed to be like nonstop, right? Like updating for I don't know how long. This is year two, they say, and that's another game that had criticism where they like, trash and they still giving it, still giving it hate. But it actually, kind of looks cool. The the, the battle rail mode they're adding and stuff. They yeah, haven't played Fallout. Yeah, I think it just needs to be more um, known that the game's not actually done. Like Fallout, I mean, Fortnite did the best where they were like early access, but Fallout was like, no, this is it, this is the game. Yeah, I think early access has warped people's perception as well between the expectation that early access means finished. Ah, you yeah. know. They they differentiate and people try to argue between well it's not alpha it's a beta version it's like honestly people it's semantics it's not a complete product it's it's early access is yeah there's this huge warning saying it's not done <laughs> right content may change may never get finished buy at your own risk I mean. You know, they, they all have these assumptions that that means that, you know, they should have this full working product with no bugs. And it's just like, that's not the reality. I mean, mm-hmm. now I, I will give the consumer a little bit of leeway when you see some of these games in early access for two or three or four years. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, okay, that, I mean, that needs to be rebranded. It needs well, to come Fortnite. out in early access and just. Yeah, there are two things, right? It's either mislabeled, it got to a point that it's a full release and they just forgot yeah. to change it, or they're milking it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember, Ark. Ark was that way. Ark was in early access for I don't know for forever. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna say it that way, you know. And, and it still has a lot of bugs, but hey, what are you gonna expect? Any game that's in Continual development, adding contents, always adding bugs. Yeah, you know. I mean, if yeah. they're adding content, that's what. Not only doing. a game, not only with games. Right. Yeah. You know, with anything. But I mean, you you know where the dev efforts are going to be, right? The dev efforts are going to be on revenue generation. Makes sense. You mm-hmm. know, it's Whoa. not on 
bug fix necessarily. I mean, it's part of it, but you know, they're 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 wanting to keep the audience base on some of these games long enough to roll out another paid DLC, and then mm-hmm. people complain about the paid DLCs being charged for. And it's like you've been playing this game for three years. You don't think you should have to pay twenty dollars yeah. to continue paying it for playing it for some more? Uh, interesting. Here, I'm about to buy Battlefront Two. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Nice. Uh, Are you yeah, buying so, it on PC? Or? So apparently it's available in the Origin Basic Access. Like you oh, can so pay, you don't have to pay, right? You pay a monthly fee. Yeah, and you can get all the games, right? Yeah, I didn't know that existed, actually. What's there that you go. So basically, I think EA has this type of subscription where you can pay for, I don't know, 10 20 I don't know, How uh, much is it? A month? And, it should be $5 a month. Oh, $5 a month, and you get, what, all EA games? Huh. Extra content, shot, Something 10% like off, evolving collection of games. Yeah. Yeah, it's 201 games. Why am I not paying for this? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't I'm have any really trying to justify it. Why? Yeah, yeah. We would if like you that. want to sponsor, yeah, you can give us. But check it out, five dollars a month, apparently. The subscription plus games. It's funny. <laughs> but the whole bug yeah. thing. I um, I look at the Battlefront Two Reddit a lot, and they have weekly bug like, it's fixes. called listings. Yeah, fixes. Yeah. Well, so people will list bugs and they'll fix it the next week, and there's a lot of bugs, and it doesn't stop. It doesn't power stop. Chrome, right? It's insane it's the amount of bugs they have and how many, like it gets fixed every week, but then new bugs come. It's insane. It's I guess it's not really insane, but like you just don't notice how many bugs there are and how it's never ending. Especially for a game that's constantly being updated. Like when you're talking about like weapons, like yeah, you but you put one weapon and you think it won't break anything, but you added a function for that weapon so that when it hits a collider and for some character, it actually does something weird that you never thought of when you first made that character. Exactly. You, yeah. 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 Okay. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's just you know, I mean, it, all all of them. I mean, and I go back to I played Ark and I play Atlas and I play those kind of games mostly. You know, and, and every time they release new content, yeah, things things break or things just don't work when they update other things. Some part that had been working perfectly fine for forever, you know, uh, you can no longer destroy it suddenly because it just doesn't let you, you know. It's like, well, I'll have to fix that in the next release. And that's the reason they have, Ark has like three or four hundred releases, I think, of that game. Mm. For however long it's existed, let's see. I don't know what version they're on. Yeah, a problem you had in the past that people had to download patches, right? Yeah. Uh, and that kind of worked, but you had to have kind of big patches and not that constant. Otherwise, especially for multiplayer games, because otherwise your players would have different versions. And today you, you're kind of guaranteed that everyone will have the most recent version, because you can just stop the game from launching instead. Right. You know, exactly. Especially the multiplayer games, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, look at that. Like, I'm looking at Ark, and they have like 290... They're on version 297.64. 
I'm going to assume that that pretty much means there's at least 297 point times some decimal version of each version of that game. Times 10, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least, right? Times 10 or 50 or who knows. At least you two know. per number, I'd say. Yeah. It's a good estimate. Well, and some of them are, are small releases, right? Some yeah. of them are just a minor bug fix. We we fixed the weight of this item because we keyed in an extra zero so no one could carry it suddenly. Yeah, you know, or but it's it a minor bug fix. more balancing. Yeah, small balancing. We made this thing too strong. We decreased its strength by 10%, you know? Yeah, 10%. It, uh, if you have a, a, a look at, like, Dota 2's patches, it's super crazy. Like, uh, uh, a patch uh, where you reduce the base strength of character X by 1. Right. Now, it's not competitive anymore. <laughs> no, exactly right. Or the, you know. the strength gained by 0.1, and now exactly. it's not good. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that kind of falls back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, the, the the players have a view of what needs to be implemented without really understanding the full ramifications. Yeah, sounds like just throw a feature. Like anything that's good, everyone wants out. Yeah, <laughs> always because people uh, watch competitive games, but they really hate competitive gameplay for some reason. So they they want everything that's remotely okay in terms of a strategy to be bad. Right. Yeah. And yeah. if you follow those players, well, if nothing's good, well, well if everything's good, nothing's good. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Negativity is an interesting one. I mean, because even if, like, you know, if, if you release a game and you go read game comments, there's a lot of negative comments that are just negative comments to be negative comments. And you got to kind of shrug them off. I mean, I always like to read the negative comments on games, to be perfectly honest. And, you know, it, it's interesting to see, because I do have to kind of wade through them. Like, before I buy most games, I'll read the negative comments. But you do realize that you have to wade through a lot of them that are just not justified to be a negative comment. Yeah, and that's you know? the thing. When people leave negative remarks, they... Well... Most of them are pretty unfair, or you can see by the way they write if it's fair or just someone who wants to complain. Right, yeah. that's exactly it. You know, they just they they they're not productive comments. You know, they don't really offer any real insight. They may just say that another game is better. Yeah, you know, it's like well. You know, now on sometimes, you know, they, they sometimes they'll allude to the fact that the game's kind of, you know, depending on like if it's a city builder or something or even, even you know, an arc or an atlas where it's like it's kind of repetitive, right? You spend all day just grinding for resources. It gets a little boring and old. Yeah, okay. You know, some people like doing that, but you don't yeah. like that. You know, other times, you know, they'll be like, ah, oh, just kind of bugs out all the time. It's like, yeah, well. But a lot of times those people who tell you that it bugs a lot and there's a lot of glitches are like, yeah, okay, it could be a good game. They just got to fix that. And I know it's EA, so I'll check it out again in a few months, you know? The nice thing about Steam is I feel like when you start getting like a lot of negative reviews or you start reading people's negative reviews, it tells you how many hours they played the game for. 
Don't give oh, me a negative. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So don't give me like this one. I don't even know what game I'm on, but don't give me your negative review with 0.6 hours. What is that? 40 minutes, basically, of gameplay? Did you really give it a fair try? Or did you pretty much feel like not learning the yeah. game? I mean, I have games I've probably played for no more than an hour. Just didn't like them. Didn't like the way they played, and I just never touched them again. Yeah, I'm sure I have several. Yeah, it's funny. That That's way. my Steam catalog mostly. A bunch of games I've played for half an hour, a few games I've played for over a thousand days, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I, well, I'm going down my list in Steam, and clearly I don't have a lot that are that shallow in game, but I mean, I do have a few. Big Pharma. Played it for three hours. Big 45. Pharma? Big Pharma. Yeah, and that's the thing also, like, sometimes the game isn't meant to have 10,000 hours of content. Right. Dragging mm. the game, 30 minutes. Yeah, not every game worst, is though. No Man's Sky. There's no need to, right. like, just put so many quests that aren't even fun just to give the game more time. Right. Well, and that's like, I played, uh, not necessarily a negative review. I actually enjoyed the game, and now I can't think of the game's name. Um, oh, it was uh, it was on Steam. It was um, oh, it's a first-person shooter, the Cry Engine. Um, um, Far, it was now is Far Cry Primal, or whatever their uh, version yeah. of that was. And I did the story. It was a fun game, and I just kind of went through the story and did it. And I have, like, another hundred quests I can still do, which are basically go find these people, kill them, and just stupid repetitive stuff. Never going to do yeah. that. I'm done. I did the story. Happy doing the story. The game was fun. I got my X number of hours out of it. I don't care to do the quests. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I know the feeling. Yeah. There are games and games. Some games I really want to do the side quests. Like... Or a good example would be like Skyrim, right? You right. just get into this random side quest line and then you spend like 20 hours just doing random stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, like I think it's the fourth or fifth main quest. You have to just like go up a mountain to talk, talk to some guys. Yep. Yeah, I never did it because... Right. I played it. I only went and did like the companion storyline. The there's too many. The, the assassin, the the brotherhood, Dark brotherhood. darkness, yeah. dark, right. dark, yeah, brotherhood. dark brotherhood. You, you do the side ones that interest you. You might do the side ones that benefit nice your character. Yeah. Right, exactly. I them all. You know, you get something it's... out of it, or you do them all because you just love the game, right? Yeah. And you're yeah, like, I'll, yeah. I'll explore. The, I'll explore all the Skyrim world and just you know do all the quests. Sure, why not? I mean, uh, you know, I'll go back to Ark. Ark has a whole storyline, and I've done about ten percent of it, and I have a ton of hours in that game. Well, what's yeah. my hours in Ark? Seven hundred and fifty-seven hours playing Ark, and I've done like zero of like the storyline. Basically, don't really care. I played all the maps, at least the ones that I bought. I didn't buy all the maps, you know. But I had fun just running around taming dinosaurs and building web buildings. That was fine with me. I didn't really need the the storyline didn't add anything to this game for me. Yeah, to be fair, that description sounded very nice, actually. Especially the taming dinosaurs part. I mean, who doesn't? 
Right. Yeah. I want to ride a dinosaur. You get to ride the dinosaurs too. Ark's a good game. If you yeah. haven't played it, I'd recommend it. Yeah. And, and you know? To anyone listening, make Jurassic Park a real thing. Okay. Oh, wow. Please have, don't. Please don't. <laughs> I have Jurassic World Evolution as a game. Is the game where you yeah. kind of like roller coaster tycoon? You build a Jurassic Park world. Though. Yeah, it's it's based off the movies basically. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's Jurassic World Evolution. It's uh, you know they have voiceovers from some of the actors, and yeah, you kind of build it. It's a little too, uh, which I think you know, talking back to negative, you know, certainly we can go down game list and find the negatives, right? It's a little too strict on how you kind of build your park and not very interactive. There's just a very shallow level to the game that I can see a little bit why they did it, but it's not it's not overly fun. I mean, like, for example, the map sizes feel too small. Like, literally, you can put about 10 dinosaurs on your map, and it's pretty much filled. Yeah, to to and, be fair, know, dinosaurs are big, right? They're big, right? They have big roaming areas. We all watched the Jurassic Park movies. That was a, an island, and it wasn't a small island. You know, you create the T-Rex paddock, and you make it just big enough to make him happy, basically. And he's the only one in there. He doesn't roam around the map. He doesn't, you know, you, you can't mix many dinosaurs together, or they'll get in fights with each other. And, you know, it, it, some of the zoo tycoons are the same way, right? You just, you can't make, you can't make a real zoo in their game. Because they didn't design the mechanics to essentially allow that. I can't put the giraffes with the gazelles because they don't get along together. It's like, but the zoos do it all the time. Why would that not make sense? Yeah, that's so true. You know, so sometimes I understand those negative comments where it's just like, and, and take it with a grain of salt too, because again, it throws off gameplay and sometimes it's just done for simplicity, but some of it's kind of intuitively it just seems wrong the way the devs did it and you know as the dev guys are going to kind of take that and say hey maybe they're right so yeah. segue into how should game dev students respond to criticism so they get like hey your game designs not very well how should they respond to that I mean if you have time to read it and analyze it and see if it's, well, just hating or actual uh, advice, do it if, if you also are okay with negative stuff, right? Otherwise, yeah. ignore it. Ignore it, too, right? I, I guess it might depend on where you are in your learning journey, too, right? Yeah. If you're getting a lot of negative feedback from people and you're still learning... Honestly, depending on that feedback that you're getting, maybe you're kind of showcasing it to the wrong people, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, if you go to the Game Dev TV forums, I don't think anyone's going to be overly negative. You know, I, I don't read every post. There's way too many, obviously. Yeah. But I think the only one I, that I got that was negative was that one about the asking questions on Stack Overflow. That was the only time I've ever seen somebody get attacked. Yeah. And, 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 you know, somewhat I would agree. I, I, I like Stack Overflow. It certainly comes up with a lot of, you know, hits when you try to search for something. 
I do feel like there's a lot of crap on Stack Overflow too. There's a lot of helpful stuff, mm-hmm. but there's just yeah. a lot of, I, you know, it. Code for me questions. Yeah, well, well, there's those too, right? Obviously, those are worthless. But I think, you know, coding. There's a lot of ways of doing something. There's not the right way, yeah. but a lot of experienced coders get into that opinion that they're raised the right way of doing things. So you get into a little war on Stack Overflow of everyone telling each other that they're wrong and that they're doing it the wrong way. Their way is better. And it's just kind of like, is it? You know? That tends to be what I see a lot on Stack Overflow. But, you know, as a game dev student, I mean, honestly, your negative criticism that you should be soliciting should be constructive criticism. You know, if you create a UI and people just say your UI sucks, that's not helpful. If they say that it's non-intuitive, it doesn't seem to work the way you would expect it, or it's a bit too complex or disorganized, then that's at least a constructive answer. You know, maybe even provide examples. Yeah. You know, if it's a UI, try yeah, to say it feels off, but at least like yeah, given an example of a good UI, maybe. Exactly. You know, I mean, it just just to have kind of a something's it's not a good design. You know, unless unless you're asking a question that kind of leads to that being an answers. For example, you want to create a tiled world that's a thousand by a thousand tiles and you're doing that by spawning a you know a million cubes to accomplish it by making a million game objects. Well you're going about it wrong now, right? Unity's not really or Unity or Unreal is not really going to handle a million game objects at the same time very well, if at all, right? So if someone said that your idea sucks, then they're probably right. But again, they should at least be offering, well, what's the way to do it then? What am I missing to get what I'm trying to accomplish? Because I still see games do big worlds. Well, how are they doing it? Mm -hmm. Maybe you're asking the wrong question, but... Again, I still think that the respondents need to provide the kind of supportive feedback. You need a support group. You're probably not sure yeah. mentors, good students, a community. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that the game's kind of sold on a context and they kind of went too far into one. And, and even the devs, they kind of agree. It's like they kind of went too far into the Iron Age and stuff and they're like, right, we're going to have to totally add a lot of content to the Neolithic and Paleolithic periods to make them interesting, basically. Mm-hmm. Because there's pretty much nothing now. Well, sometimes those games, it's like, you just, the way the turn system is, you're just going to get past that anyways. Right. Yeah. But I think, and, and I don't disagree, but I think that the point from the criticism was that was the age we were interested in. There's a lot of games that do the Iron Age. There's a lot of games that do the Bronze Age, you know. And it's kind of weird because in a relatively short amount of time, you can expand to that. And none of them, they don't kind of flow well. 
you know, because if you take, say, the, the, you know, Paleolithic, Neolithic, and, you know, even the Copper Age, the Bronze Age, and the Iron Age, they're, they're so vastly different for the level of civilization, but it's not really represented in any intelligent way. I mean, you're talking from going from essentially cavemen building the pyramids in Egypt to the castles of Europe, yet none of that really gets represented at all. And your little peasants don't really evolve much. So it just kind of seemed disconjointed on the ages. It just didn't really make them that good to add them later. And it just, I wouldn't say it ruined the game. The game's still under EA. It's relatively been released only a couple months ago. So, you know, as long as devs are actively working on it, I think they'll make a lot of progress towards it. But I just think it has you know, a lot of tweaks. So it's like, at least the devs are engaging in the feedback. They're active in the forums. You know, they're not going to respond to every request. You know, they may read every request, but as a dev, I think you kind of need to do that too, right? Get, take some feedback. You don't have to respond to everything. Maybe you'll put a post on what you're working on. I think, you know, sometimes that goes a long way too, right? Let people know what you're doing and, they won't feel so ignored. I agree. Yeah, so. I think part of the negativity also comes from developers not getting involved in the community. Yes. If you're a lot more involved, if you respond to feedback, people tend to be less annoying. Mm-hmm. Most people, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So no matter where we are in your journey... As a game dev student, just go out there, create stuff, put it out there, accept the criticism, anything negative, positive. Just remember, you have a goal, a vision, where you want to be, just go after it. Um, sometimes nobody's going to see what you're trying to create, but as you get better and better and learn new stuff, you'll you'll get there. Just just take yeah. it and run with it. Yeah. Learn from whatever. Learn from everything. Learn from the bad, from right. the good. And, and as a student, realize that you're, it's a learning journey for you. So what the end product is may not really be seen by the player. They didn't see what you did behind the scenes to implement something as well. That was more of an experimental concept that you didn't really care about the outcome of the game you were trying to enhance your programming skills. And you might be doing things different that you would not have done before. And I think that that goes a long way too because they just don't see it. And during your learning journey, that's great because you're learning more and you're improving your skills. You know, and then people get hung up on stupid things. They don't like the art assets. It's fine. I'm not an artist. I don't really care if you like the art assets. I only care about the core gameplay. Mm-hmm. It's a great quote. It's just, no, the journey to a tons of code is let's write your first code Something like that just get it out there and then right. and, and refactor it improve it and so you don't have to break up 